the press pack from Wolves Radio. News and views from the journalists who cover Wolves. Hello there, I'm Mikey Burrows. I'm joined by The Telegraph's John Percy and The Express and Star's Liam Keane. We'll talk transfers, ins and outs, pre-season plans changing and of course the big news of the summer. Julian Lopetegui staying as Wolves head coach. On that, here's Liam Keane. Yeah, I mean, incredibly important uh, for Wolves, I suppose the situation they were in when they were trying to find the next manager um, and still the situation they find themselves in, having already got Lopetegui, is that there's probably a ceiling for for Wolves, particularly at this point uh, where the club is, for the kind of manager they can bring in. And Lopetegui is arguably one of, if not the, at the top of that ceiling. Um, at the time, obviously, uh, back in October, November time, you know, you had a, a Pochettino or a Tuchel, but that was never going to be realistic for Wolves. So Lopetegui was sort of the next rung down really if you will uh in terms of world managers that were available and and they, they needed to bring him in uh he did the kind of job that they expected brought the dressing room together made the kind of adjustments as well as being backed obviously financially to, to bring the signings in and they needed to keep hold of him to move into this summer um and, and into next season now it was difficult to to get to that final decision i think he took a bit of time to reflect and fortunately it went Wolves' way because he every piece of the puzzle puzzle is important but for me, Lopetegui is one of the most crucial ones to do that because he, he's the, the gel and the glue that keeps this, this Wolves team together for me. John, is there an element a little bit that he, he maybe didn't get the credit for the job that he did or the credit he deserved for the job that he did in that second part of the season because of what other managers achieved in the league? It, it kind of went a little bit unnoticed in some parts. 100%. I think it was a... Very underrated job that I don't think maybe outside of the you know ourselves perhaps got the credit it deserved. I think you know, like you said, there's a lot of other managers like Arteta, you know, deserve me at uh, Brighton. You know, have taken more of the, and Emery obviously down the road. I hate to say it, but you have to say what a job he did. But I think obviously Lopetegui when he came in, the stats were all pointing towards the club going relegated. They weren't scoring goals, the shot conversion, and all those sort of you know, expected goals. I mean, I know people can laugh at them, but, you know, these are really important stats in the modern game. And they were all pointing towards relegation. And I know, obviously, a lot of people have said the stat is a bit skewed because they were bottom at Christmas, but they played less games. But I don't think it diminishes the achievement. I think it was um, a really difficult job. You know, the squad obviously needed sorting out. I think Ruben Neves did an interview towards the end of Bruno's time where he just said, quite damning, actually, where he said, we're not playing how we train or one of the, the other way around. But, so obviously they were in a bit of a state. So I think what he what he did was very underrated. And as Liam's just said, I think him leaving would have been an absolute disaster for Wolves because where do, you, where do you start from there? Where do you go to get someone as decorated as, as Lopetegui? And what was the reaction amongst the press pack, John, from, from those, obviously, those final press conferences towards the end of last season and and how that kind of situation developed, really? Well, there was obviously a change in plan. You know, obviously, towards the final three weeks of the season, it's quite clear now from obviously being fortunate enough for the few of us to see Lopetegui at the end of the season, something had changed. There'd been a, a message from the club that they were going to have to go down a different road with the finances and everything. So I think the brochure had been sold maybe last year was different. 
But if you look around the Premier League now, this isn't this isn't just Wolves. I want to make that perfectly clear. You've got Man City, you've got Newcastle, you've got West Ham, you've got Chelsea, Nottingham Forest. This FFP thing is really serious concern now down the road. I think the charge for Everton and probably the, the Man City one has really woken a few clubs up. So I think Wolves have looked at that and thought, we can't do what we've done before. I don't think they wanted to um, spend as much money as they did in January, but obviously needs must. It's played a massive difference in them staying up. But now they've got to balance the books. And But I think you're going to see a lot of this over the over the Premier League this summer. I mean, if you look at the, as we sit down now, there's not been many deals. Declan Rice is taking a long time because obviously they need, they need to get it completely right. So not, clubs aren't going to be spending the millions and millions they did in the past. And Wolves are just one of those. And I think that's what the fans need to realise is this isn't just a Wolves crisis, you know. I mean, obviously, this isn't just a Wolves problem. This is a Premier League growing concern. As I said, I think the Everton charge really has put the wind up a lot of clubs. And Liam, do you get the feeling, actually, that, look, we always talk about projects, you know, when when Nuno first came in, there was a clear project, uh, an idea, a, a way of of going about things, really. And that kind of tended to to change towards the end of Nuno's reign. We're not entirely sure what Bruno's kind of stage in that was. So maybe it's not necessarily a bad idea to kind of reflect at this stage, to look back on kind of what went wrong, let's be honest, in terms of where we went from and almost ended up going to and going, okay, what's the next three, four years project? How does that look like? Yeah, I think it's a really good point. Um, it was almost a scattergun approach, really, over the last 18 months because I suppose the respect that Bruno probably demanded, um, the authority demanded, isn't the same uh, as Lopetegui. I think that's fair to say. And the signers they brought in last summer, to, to John's point really about January actually first, that obviously they had to spend to save their season and it was money well spent in the end. But of course it was uh, you know, a big outlay, um, even more so in the summer. And it didn't work. There were several signs that, that didn't work, some that hopefully will still work in the future. Um, but it was very much a scattergun approach to trying to find short-term success. I think Wolves have found the most success in building for the long term, as you rightly point out under under Nuno. And getting back to that kind of philosophy, um, looking at the, you know, the sort of eight to 15 million pound mark where they've had a lot of success with signings, Neves, Jota, you can go through any really any player of that sort of era when they when they arrived at the club um as as being a real success. Looking at Jal Gomez now run for 15 million uh, in January has got a long way to go to make him into the kind of player he can be. But for me, I think will be a real gem. So that kind of approach, the young and hungry approach, players with a, a point to prove as well. So obviously, you know, a, a Dawson, a Lamina, players who come in and, and I've got something to, to prove to, to critics elsewhere and to themselves perhaps as well. And those kind of players that want to play for Wolves and want to be at the club is what's going to make them successful and that alongside the project of a, ma- of a manager and a manager hopefully building for the long term like Nuno did um, is where you're going to find the success and I think that alongside the the relationship that Lopetegui has built with with Matt Hobbs and the the way that all of the departments are integrating now and working closely together is for me only going to be a good sign but going back to the very first the you know the first point at the top of this as well is is keeping opportunity was key to that because he is the glue that for me keeps this together at, at this stage. John, on that transfer element, um, 
you know, Liam lists off a list of signings there that came in under a certain bracket. Um, do you get the feeling that the transfer market is resetting itself a little bit? That that similar kind of value is still uh, in amongst it? Because it felt like for a while, unless you sign someone for over like 20, 30 million, then it wasn't classed as being a high enough profile signing, which kind of just feels a bit bonkers in, in certainly, as you just said, in this age where everybody's starting to feel the pinch a bit. Absolutely. I think it's going back to quality recruitment and finding these unpolished gems. I think maybe Brighton over the last 12 months have shown people it can be done. You know, I think obviously Leicester had great success at it. Wolves as well, you know, with the signings Liam just mentioned, it can be done. You've just got to box clever and, you know, sometimes you've got to take that risk and, and just, you know, these players, high potential, you've got to hope that they make an impact quickly. But I just think, yeah, I think it has reset. I think uh, a lot of clubs will be doing it. They'll be looking around the, the same sort of bracket, looking for these sort of unpolished gems that have got high potential on the scene to get much better over three, four years. And I think uh, I think it'll be good for football as well. It may make it more of a more of an even playing field. Um, as with regard transfers, obviously we'll talk a bit more in a second about what might be coming in. Um, there has been some high-profile departures, Liam. Uh, we all kind of thought Neves was going to go. We probably thought he was going to go at any point over the last three years, if we we're all being perfectly honest. Wolves have got themselves an amazing deal out there. No, absolutely. As far as I'm concerned, it is probably the, you know, you know, without going silly with the money, probably the best kind of deal Wolves could have got. He hasn't gone to a Premier League rival. He isn't going to be playing against Wolves next season. Wolves have got a bit more money than probably they expected to get and were aiming to get. Um, so it's definitely more lucrative than than the deal would have been had he gone to Barcelona. And the fact that they've got that money up front at, at a time, as, as you know, John's already spoken about, where they needed to bring money in at a time where they've got these real serious financial fair play concerns, as a lot of clubs do, um, to have the start of the summer by bringing that money in was the perfect start. And also, to add to that as well, the last thing Wolves needed was having this deal drag on into August, into the start of the season. If you start the season with Ruben Neves, as brilliant a player he is, and of course we'd all love for him to stay at Wolves, but then he leaves in the last week of August with little to no time to replace him or reinvest, it would have been the worst possible scenario, even if he was going to to Saudi Arabia and bringing that kind of money in. So um, the timing of it, as well as the deal itself, I think was, was perfect for Wolves. It gives them the base now to... As I say, bring up more money in, which they have done with with obviously other sales, which we'll get on to, and then to start planning for the next season and beyond. I just think it was an incredible, incredible deal. It's one of those deals where Wolves would have sat down at the end of the season and said, right, let's picture the absolute dream scenario. A highly ambitious, lucrative league, trying to sign the best players, you know, for maybe over-the-top prices. Let's let's just think, keep our fingers crossed as this happens. Matt Hobbs and Lopetegui must have been dancing around the bedrooms when they heard this news because it was just an incredible deal. From a Wolves point of view, it's just an absolute dream. And like Liam says, the timing of it, it's just right at the start of the window. It's not dragging on. There's no... Not, Ruben Nevis was an ultimate professional. He wouldn't have um, kicked off or kicked up any fuss, but it's just still that player who, for another season, you know wants to go hanging around. So to get it all sorted out so quickly... And for a fee over what Wolves were probably going to ask Barcelona for as well, let's be honest, it was it was just remarkable, unbelievable deal. And, uh, you know, it's really set the tone, 
you know, got them far, far closer to what they need to raise to, to sort of ease those concerns we've spoken about. Because the, the Nathan Collins deal, John, feels um, for a number of different reasons, uh, kind of obviously doesn't sparkle like that Neves deal does, but in terms of financial fair play and the amount that they were going to have to pay for him over the next couple of years, takes that off the books. It gives them a small profit. They clearly got a, an, an incentive in there that if he goes on and has the career that, let's face it, they all thought he was going to have, the reason why we signed him in the first place, will still benefit. On the face of it, that still strikes me as a, as a, good, as a good bit of business in the situation whereby Collins necessarily wasn't necessarily going to be guaranteed first team football. From the business side, it's another perfect. I think they've got you know about healthy sell-on clause. I think Matt Hobbs said in his statement that they fully expect him to go to a top six club. My personal opinion, Collins, I think he's a fantastic footballer. I think he's got all the attributes. I remember seeing him in one of his final games at, for Burnley at in a cup tie at Villa, and he was the best defender on the pitch. He just looks so classy, so such a modern day defender. But I can completely understand why Wolves had to do it. They've got a profit on what they paid, as you've said. The sell-on clause will be significant, you'd imagine. He'll be playing regularly. I think because he's homegrown, it would have obviously counted much towards FFP as well. So I think he spent that those years in the youth system at Stoke. So another one that's just been an absolute result for them. I don't think they would have ideally wanted to do it, even though he'd not played much towards the end of the season under Lopetegui. I think he was always one for the future. And it's not one they would have ideally wanted to do, but it, it just ticks every box once again. It's just another one that's so much helpful for the, for the club's finances. Because, Liam, that's the thing, isn't it? If we're looking at, at what more business might be done now, as Wolves look to reshape the squad, clearly there is an emphasis on trying to, for the best will in the world and for, for want of a better phrase, to be smarter than they have been in maybe the last couple of years. Yeah, absolutely. It comes down to some of the earlier points about some of the signings made previously that, you know, arguably didn't want to be at the club in the first place or haven't quite worked out, haven't settled in the league. Um, there are players still at the club. I think Mateus Nunes is a good example who is supremely talented and I would hope goes on and um, and does well for Wolves uh, in, in the Premier League. Obviously, didn't quite work out in his first season. Um, not for a lack of trying, I will point out, whereas other players, I think, were guilty of that. Um, but he, he certainly wasn't. And and being smarter with the business, both incomings and outgoings, I think is obviously the way they're going, but the way they had previously done it. Look, Wolves have made some poor signings in the past. You can you look at Patrick Cotroni, for example, um, and particularly in those forward areas. But they made a hell of a lot of very clever signings as well, particularly in the first couple years of, uh, of winning the, the championship and then coming into the Premier League. And they, with the Collins deal as well, just to sort of give my, my two pence on that, um, I completely agree with, with both you and, and John's point about it being smart business. It absolutely is for all of the points you've mentioned. For me, it sort of I did a, a piece around the time as well that it comes down to Wolves having to take the short-term benefits financially and suffering uh, on the football side of things long-term. Because again, to, point, uh, to, to John's point, for me, I think he's an excellent footballer. I think he will go on and play for a top six club. Um, he probably wouldn't have got the... The, the football needed next season, regular regular game time. But I do think he's a player that Wolves hoped he would be. And for me, it's a little bit of a shame they couldn't keep hold of him. But I also can't argue with it in, in the short term. And as Matt Hobbs said in his, in his statement as well, it was really a, a good deal for all parties. And he'll probably go and have a very good spell with Brentford. 
it's almost an issue, isn't it, sometimes in terms of the fees that you pay for certain people that, you know, if Wolves had got Collins on that first move from Stoke, for instance, you can maybe afford that more time. But when you spend the kind of money that they spent on him, that he almost needs to be your main guy. And Craig Dawson was absolutely superb in, in that role throughout there. He's probably going to be one of the leaders on the field moving forwards. And that's why I think you say about Wolves being a, just a, a slight reset in in where they go about things and and clearly an element of um, getting some experience in amongst it. Mateus Nunes, by the way, is a really interesting character. I did a, a sit-down chat with him at the end of the season that people can listen to part of on an episode of Wolves Weekly, available at all good podcast places. I'm sure you two have listened to it already. Um, I say he's a fascinating one and he's a player that you know could well have the team built around him this season. Um, in terms of the rest of the business then, what are the pair of you expecting? Because we've got some really good loan players who've come back to the club for a start. We know that you know they are going to look to reshape certain areas. There could still be more departures because the squad does need a refresh. So it could be a busy, busy old couple of weeks. Obviously, you know, per, everyone looks to Percy for all these type of things. But Liam, you're in there as well. Uh, John, <laughs> John's quite said in his hands because everybody's constantly tweeting him. Come on, come on, Perse, come on, Perse. Drop a Percy bomb. But this is the scenario, isn't it? There's a, there's a lot to happen in the next couple of months. I think, it, yeah, I think the incomings will probably be later on this time. I think, you know, you this is probably going to be a sort of end of this month, start of August, where the players of significant value, the, the eight to 15 millions start to come in. I still think there's a few departures they need to, to do to, to balance those books, which is, you know, what they have to do. They simply have to do it. Um, I think there's, there's a lot of, there's a natural refresh to this squad anyway. Obviously, with Costa, Martino, Adama Traore going, there was always going to be changes anyway. And I, you mentioned Nunes there. I think having had his period of adaption in the Premier League last season, I think you'll see a far, far better player next season. I think you'll see the player that Klopp and Guardiola have spoken so highly of. I think, you know, the, building the team around him, like you said, Mikey, that would be what I'd be doing if I was Lopetegui. I think, you know, if you've got a player that gifted who's so good at possession with the ball. I think you've you've got to utilise him better. And it's like when Neves was suspended for the two games. I mean, not not dissing Neves, fantastic player, great servant. But Nunes did step out, step up a little bit when Neves was suspended. And so I think it will be that opportunity for him to become the influence that everyone wants him to be. Um, but I think yeah, there is a bit of there is there will be a, a few more changes. Players that aren't getting regular football. We spoke about them on the before the programme started, you know, the players that are obviously going to look for opportunities elsewhere, that will already bring money in. And then I think Wolves will look to bring in the players that they're looking at. And knowing, knowing uh, Matt Hobbs and his staff, they will have these players lined up. They just need to press the button at the right time. A natural refresh and a natural sort of end to the cycle for a lot of the players, isn't there? And then, to your point as well, Mikey, there's, there's a lot of interesting comings and goings with those lone players. You've got Giles is really the, the standout one. You know, you see how well he does and or has done uh, on, on all of his loans, and particularly in the championship. For my money, um, provided there's a space in the squad for him, it, it makes sense to allow him an opportunity. I think Wolves have been a little bit guilty of not giving these academy products the opportunities when they deserve. 
I think Gibbs White was a little bit of an interesting one because obviously he brought Geddes in and and you know he wasn't signing a contract at the time and they, they got a good good deal for him. But ironically, he's turned out to have a great season. Um, obviously, there's a lot of talk about Kilman at the moment. Uh, wasn't at the, at the through the academy as a young lad, but he did come through originally after arriving from Maidenhead. So Charles, I think, would be you know he's a local lad from Telford. I would like to think that he gets an opportunity. You've got Kundal, Hoover, you've got you know other players that are out on loan as well. That, that, that there's going to be big decisions to be made with. But the big one for me, uh, you know, Wolves fans will be talking about this all summer, is scoring goals and strikers going forward. I mean, it's such a massive area to improve for Wolves. Um, and in a strange way, they might have the answers already. Kalajic, of course, coming back from injury, we don't know what's going to happen there with him. Um, you would like to think that he has an impact and, and can stay fit. Fabio Silva's future's obviously up in the air, but he's done well on loan. We don't know what's happening with, with Raul Jimenez at, at this moment in time. So it's quite exciting to potentially see a Mateus Cunha playing off one of these strikers, a Fabio, a, a, a Kalajic. And Wolves, I would imagine, would be in the market to bring a striker in if they don't have the answers. So that's a major area to improve. And it's going to be something to watch, I think, for pretty much all summer because there's going to be a lot of big decisions to make in that area. Um, just finally, before I let you two go, pre-season obviously looks pretty different. Uh, than than what they thought it was going to be at the start of the summer. There's no Korea trip anymore. I bet you're both gutted. Uh, presumably, oh, yeah. presumably, Liam had his, his flight booked already. We were, we were right <laughs> on the edge of booking it, so it's good timing. It got, uh, got cancelled. <laughs> How much do you think we should keep an eye on on maybe what they're, what they're doing in terms of um, practice games and, and friendlies when they do happen? Because I think the, there was a feeling towards the end of last season that maybe we hadn't quite seen exactly the setup that Lopetegui wanted, he, that he kind of used systems and formations and tactics to get the best out of what he had. Now it's his time, right? Absolutely. I think the formation towards the end of the season was just to get the job done, to get the points needed to stay up. And I think that's why there was a bit of the frustration from Lopetegui over the sort of change of strategy, because obviously he had these plans on how he ideally wants the team to play. Um, I think you'll see a far more expansive possession-based approach next season if he can get the players in he wants. I just think it was to get the, like I said, to get the job done. He played a certain way. I mean, it was far, far away from, you know, the sort of exhilarating football we saw on occasion under Nuno. I know there are obviously some stinkers under Nuno as well. But yeah, they did have a certain style of football, which was, you know, very sort of fast-paced, you know, attack-minded. And I think Lopetegui ideally would want to play that way, but just thought it wasn't worth the risk with the club in the position that it was last season. So I think you'll see far more his vision next season. So, yeah, keep an eye on the sort of formations and team, you know, selection in pre-season. It might give a real indication into what he really wants to do. I, yeah, completely agree with John there. I think um, he arrived with Wolves in a real perilous position and a really unique position, uh, cast adrift at the bottom of the table where he had to do whatever he could with the players he had, um, as well as the position Wolves were in, just to get them out of trouble. Um, he did exactly that. I mean, the home form speaks for itself. And um, it wasn't the most exciting, but Wolves got the job done and that was all they had to do. He could have finished a goal outside of relegation and that would have been job done, let alone where he did finish in the end. So completely agree that I think provided he's able to 
to make the changes to the squad he needs and give it the refresh that he wants to. Um, we'll see a different kind of Wolves and a different kind of Lopetegui next season. Equally as well, you know, you, I don't think you should read too much into pre-season fixtures. I think we're all guilty of it. Um, you know, I'm thinking back to, to last summer out in Spain and Portugal, watching Bruno with the side and, and playing Pedence, Neto, Gibbs White and Jimenez in a 4-2-3-1. Everyone was excited. They were playing well. Injuries happen, players get sold. The season didn't start as, as everyone expected it to. And all of a sudden we're looking at a different pictures. So um, I think look at maybe the, you know, the small details and the nuances of, of how Lopetiki's setting the side up rather than perhaps the individuals that are playing. And um, and hopefully we'll get a better idea of, of how the season's going to pan out. If anyone wants to see some of the action already from pre-season, walls.co.uk and across the Wolves social media channels for it. And of course, there will be pre-season games to come. And if we can bring you coverage, it will be on Wolves TV. John Percy of The Telegraph and Liam Keane of The Express and Star, thank you for being on The Press Pack. You've been listening to The Press Pack from Wolves Radio. Get the very latest club news at wolves.co.uk and on our social media channels. Thank you.